We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. God called you to walk with people. He called us to help you. Join us for a conversation at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Each week, our goal is to replace a little bit of your overwhelm with more confidence in caring for the people you walk with. continuing our series on Amplified, where we've been talking about how all of the things that were already a thing are now a bigger thing in COVID-19. And this week, we want to talk about Amplified and kids, Um, not just for those of us who are parents, but any of us who have kids in our lives or in our ministry. What does this look like for them? And particularly what we mean by Amplified and kids is that the space in kids' lives and the space that that they are occupying in our homes is amplified. It is so much larger. And, you know, I think many of us weathered the initial season of loss and grief with kids where we navigated the cancellation of spring sports and that final recital or concert or play or prom or graduation. It was one thing after another in March and April as their worlds shrunk and they came home. But I wonder how many of us are prepared to navigate another wave of loss with those kids as the space in their world continues to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. So at the beginning of this whole scenario, right, they um, they did go through a series of losses. And I think as, as parents, as teachers, as friends, as people in ministry who are working with kiddos, that was a hard season. It was a hard season in our family to really name the things that were being lost. And the, the thing that I think is amplified for our children with regard to the space is, is a couple things. So the first is that, um, just as you said, Beth, the, the, the actual space that they have, the time that they have, the... Uh, they're not going to school these last several months. They're in school, but not really. And we're kind of homeschooling, like just the number of hours in their days have le- have been amplified. And especially when they can't uh, go play with their friends, right? They can't go do the things that they normally would be able to do in the kind of uh, times that they have off for summer or spring break or whatever it might be, a vacation, that kind of a thing. They just don't have the ability to go do that. So the, the sheer number of hours has been amplified and in the number of hours that they have, their boredom has been amplified. I can't tell you how many kids that I've talked to over the last couple of months that they're just like, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm actually sick of TV. I'm actually sick of, you know, the Netflix. I'm sick of playing video games. I want to do something and I just can't and I'm just so bored. Right, where we have friends, kids who dread the weekends because it's just longer days of nothingness. They don't even have school to do during the weekends. And what I'm what I'm feeling right now on behalf of all of us who have kids in our lives is that the next wave is upon us. Yeah. 
because I think all of us, kids included, had a enough hope that we were holding on to that by now, things would begin to lift. And that certainly by summer, there would be some things that we still got to do. Yeah. And I feel like, so our family, we, we'll take walks around the neighborhood uh, pretty frequently together. And uh, one of the things that we noticed was that our neighborhood has a pool in it. And as we walked past the pool the other day, the pool had been filled. And the, both of our kids that are still here at home with us, they were like, oh, what's going to happen? Are we going to be able to go swimming and, and, and all that? And they didn't know that a few days prior, I had received an email from the, the HOA uh, that had said, yes, we're going to fill the pool, but no, we're not going to open the pool. And that's just because, you know, mechanically it needs to run and, and get going so that it will you know be maintained. But but we're not going to open the pool because we have to maintain a certain level of social distancing and all that. And so right there in the middle of our walk, which had been become something that we have found to fill some of that boredom time with our kids, they had this hope of seeing the pool filled. And now all of a sudden, again, that hope was dashed and they're kind of just wondering, well, then what are we going to do? If we don't have school, what are we going to do? It's already amplified. Now we're going to go into double amplified. Well, and now is in the next few weeks, camps are going to start to be canceled yes. one after another. The things that, that they were looking forward to in the summer. And so I think what we want to talk about here is, is not just naming all of the obvious that, that you all are also starting to face and realize what the summer is going to look like or not look like. I think what we want to really talk about is the the mental health of our kids as they face an expansive amount of, of time and nothingness. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so it's only fitting that we would kind of kick it off with talking about this. But I think mental health in kids is something that is probably harder to recognize than it is in adults. Poor mental health, emotional unhealth, perhaps is harder to see. We could quickly say they're just being moody, they're just being introverted, they're just sad, and and kind of leave it at that. But let's talk about what are some of the things we ought to be concerned for and really have our eyes open for on behalf of these kids. So before we really dive into that, I just want to say as we turn the corner here into another wave of loss, right, and amplification of even the boredom they had before, now it's going to be more. I think we as parents and ministers and educators all really need to take another step back to say what conversations do we need to have again? Now, back in the beginning of this, we had many conversations with our kids about what was to come and that, you know, school was going to be at home and these losses for the spring were going to happen. I do think we need to come back and speak again to our kids, not just our awareness of the camps being canceled or the pool not being opened or the the, the groups of friends not being able to play together like they normally could. We need to come back and actually speak again to our children and bring that into the light so that they can... They can know what's ahead and that and their feelings about that can once again be normalized. That actually, in my mind, is the beginning of helping our children navigate their own, you know, their mental health when they can speak what they're feeling, when they can actually put words to what's going on on the inside and bring that into a relationship on the outside. So as we're entering into this this place, it's important for us to 
keep an eye on where the children are, what is happening, and even anticipate something that they might not anticipate. Anticipate the loss and, and, and spend time talking with them about the losses in a way that actually invites them to reflect, invites them to speak and name what's going on for them on the inside. So as far as mental health goes, um, when it comes to the children, you're right, Beth, you can't, uh, sometimes you might just consider them moody uh, when actually something deeper is going on. So uh, the good rule of thumb that I have is that anything that feels out of ordinary, anything that is kind of an outlier that you're noticing in the children that you're around. So if they're already kind of moody or they get moody at certain times of the of the month or day or, or something like that, then that's that's normal for them. What's their baseline? In your knowledge of the children, uh, what is their baseline? If they begin to uh, go beyond that in some way, then that's something to kind of have as, in your mind as a red flag. I wanna, I wanna attend to that, I wanna ask about that. And um, we have a kid who's, you know, both of our kids are pretty uh, introverted, the ones that are here at home. And they'll go to their rooms and they'll hang out in their rooms and. Uh, and just be by themselves. They they enjoy that space. They call it introvert recharge time, right? And so, uh, but it's important for us to notice how much more are they going to their rooms or when they're coming out of their rooms or they're even avoiding conversation when they're around people. That's not normal for them. That's not normal for them to just not engage. And so to, to keep an eye on even some of those little nuances of what's happening for them that uh, may, again, go into another amplified space. What are some signs of a kid who's really dealing with anxiety? They're feeling messy inside and they need to bring some control to how their, their, their internal world is going. So what are some of the external ways that they would try and bring control to that? Well, I think anxiety shows up in a lot of different ways. Um, some of the clear indicators or probably most obvious ones are changes in routine. Uh, like sleeping routines, maybe they're going to bed earlier or they're not able to sleep through the night or they're getting up earlier or getting up later. Like there's some uh, dysregulation in their sleep patterns. Another way that they may be able to, maybe trying to create control, like you said, is uh, in their eating habits. Maybe they're eating less or they're eating more or they're just completely bleeding out in the sense like there's no, there's, there's no pattern to their eating. They're just eating all the time. Right, they're just snacking, 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 and it's it might start out of boredom, but it might move into a place of anxiety. Like if I'm not actively doing something with my hands, if I'm not actively, you know, rooting around in the kitchen or baking something or doing, you know, like I, I, my anxiety comes. I come face to face with my anxiety, and and that can show up in kids in some ways that um, they again would not necessarily be able to name, but watching their their patterns and behaviors uh, can be can be one of those things. Another thing that they could be doing uh, with regard to anxiety is they're either, uh, you know, in this COVID situation, maybe the only way that they've been able to connect with their friends is through social media or, or texting or, or, or Zoom or whatever. Now they might actually begin to pull away from even those relationships and even those people that they're pulling more into their internal shell. And that's another sign of anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. Well, I think with depression, I've been talking to friends who are parenting girls in particular, 
And, you know, this has been really clarifying for relational kids. So I'm sure this applies to boys too. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's friends of convenience that we all have. But especially when you're going to school every day, you've got the, the friends you walk between second and third period with and the friends you sit at lunch with and the friends you hang out with during PE or at the bus stop, right? There, there are all these different social groupings that we naturally have and we call friends. And some might be closer. We might think we have a friend group. But now eight weeks have passed, and a lot of those friendships have not kept up. Right. They've not been able to make the, the required effort to stay in touch and connected. And so a lot of, I think, adolescents and teens are starting to realize who their real friends were and perhaps seeing that they didn't necessarily have that many, if mm-hmm. any, close people. And so now the level of loneliness, I think, is more extreme and amplified, the feeling of isolation, the f- and that obviously would lead to depression. So what might be some signs, outward, again, external signs that, that we could notice if kids are starting to feel that deeply? Just earlier today, uh, I've been working here at home like all of us have, and just decided, you know, I'm going to take my computer up and sit at the kitchen table. And uh, one of our daughters came down and she was going to have some lunch. And we sat and we talked while she was eating lunch. And then she said, you know, I'm going to go get my stuff and come and work at the table here, too. And I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily for her a sign that something is happening. But it's the it's this I need more than I was getting before. And she's she's now even stepping out of her room and seeking out contact in ways that she hadn't you know, two, three, four weeks ago, uh, now she is. And so I just think for us as, as parents and, and people around kids to, to be aware, like what are the new signs that we're beginning to see that they're, they're actually wanting more and needing more and asking for. And maybe it's, we've come to this new normal there. I, I would call it like this COVID normal of a new, new way of life and new patterns of life and how we do things all at home. And uh, homeschooling has been a new pattern and how we are working at home and how we're actually organizing ourselves as a family at home. There's a new normal that we've ex- experienced. In the new normal, are there some things that the kids are actually going, hey, I need I need more or different. And for us to be willing to to give them more of what they're asking for, for us to be willing to shift our normal patterns now to something that may be an even newer normal in COVID than what we've experienced before. And that's just an example from from our daughter today. I think the point here is that all of the things that we are experiencing as adults with with language, with an ability to articulate and, and maybe access how we're doing on the insides with some some grids of you know reference from past experiences, like all of that is amplified for children. They're feeling the same things without necessarily the language, without the ability to articulate it, without past experiences to reference and, and, and build on. And so let's just be attentive to that. Let's be aware that all of this has increased for them and is about to increase even more as we continue in this weird new normal that we're all living in. Yeah. This morning in a meeting with our staff, uh, we were talking about how we're doing and there was just a general sense also, since we're talking about mental health here, there was just this sense of everybody kind of being blah, just this, we're here, 
we're not good, we're not bad, we're just kind of in the middle. And as we as we continue on in this pandemic and in this space, we've we've got to kind of recognize like how hard have we been working? And I think a lot of people in ministry have actually been working harder during this COVID season than before. And, um, and, and we've got to pay attention to that. Uh, what is our level of exhaustion? What is our level of um, just, I, I can't take this anymore. Fatigue. Uh, the fatigue. So a um, couple people, I, uh, pastors I spoke with today, were also just saying like, we are, uh, we are completely wiped out. This is, this is just way too much. And one guy even said, he's like on his team, he's asking his team, can, can everybody pace out when they're going to hit the wall? Let's not all hit the wall at the same time. And because we need each other to be able to continue moving things forward without all of us hitting the wall at the same time. And I asked him, I said, you know, have you hit the wall? And he's like, well, I've, I've run up against the wall and I've broken my nose a couple of times and I have not completely fallen down. And I, I appreciate that. And I also am just recognizing that those of us that are walking with others and caring for others, this has been a long season of sustained exhaustion and fatigue. And in, for our own mental health and then also for the mental health of our children and those around us, we've got to maintain some level of, uh, of care for ourselves in the midst of all of this. Because otherwise, you know, this next wave of disappointments for the summer is also going to crash over us. Well, we'll continue to show up here for you and we will see you same time, same place next week as we continue to talk about the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry on the Walking With podcast.